Hello, everyone, and good evening. We meet here today to meditate at the time of the new moon. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Our theme today will be on money as a great spiritual force. At the new moon, we work in the lower interlude of the monthly cycle and focus on distributing spiritual energies into the world of human living. Our aim is to keep the divine plan progressing and to ensure that humanity and all the lower kingdoms in nature continue to proceed into greater light. Our work in meditation at the new moon, just as at the full moon, has a focus on energy distribution. As we know, energy follows thought, and it is one of the highest functions of the human being to be a bridge between the world of spiritual reality and the worlds of manifested human living. This linking between the higher and the lower goes forth through the medium of thought, and it has proceeded throughout the centuries, and it has been demonstrated by many great minds in every field of human endeavor. Those who are drawn to meditation as a means of service have a special role to play in this great act of mediation. Those who work in meditation, like those of us gathered here tonight, work as a group. We take part in a great planetary process of divine impression, whereby spiritual potencies are brought into expression. We are told that this type of meditation is, quote, the outstanding creative agent on our planet, but that in order for it to have creative results, it must be accompanied by creative work. At these new moon meetings each month, we therefore highlight those servers and serving groups that work for human betterment and to uphold universal values of brotherhood and right relationship. As I said today, we will be examining the problem of money, which is at the crux of a whole range of spiritual issues confronting humanity today, namely the whole issue or problem of human selfishness and separation, the right expression of the principle of sharing, and of course, the right direction of energy for spiritual work throughout the world. So before we uh, proceed any further, I'd just like to say the meeting tonight will be structured as we normally do. There will be a brief presentation on the theme followed by a group meditation, and we will include with a group discussion. So if you have any thoughts that come to mind um, throughout the first two parts of our meeting, please do hold on to them and we can share them later. Let us join together briefly in a moment of recollection of group consciousness as we focus our minds and our intentions. We sound together the mantra. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Oh. 
Today, there is an urgent need to prepare world conditions for the next great era of human civilization. This civilization must be built upon sound values and on right relationships between all peoples. It will be founded upon goodwill, on a right in proportionate apprehension of the whole and of course, the preservation of the value of each individual. What the individual can contribute to that whole will increasingly be the motivation behind all vocational aspiration. The principle of sharing will come to underlie all human relationships and permeate all of that which humanity deems of value. This sharing goes beyond simply the sharing of resources. It includes the sharing of problems and difficulties as well as successes, the sharing of loss as well as prosperity, the sharing of wisdom and progress as well as limitation. The expression of the principle of sharing across all national, ideological, and racial boundaries is the key which will make human activity truly creative in the group sense. It will eliminate the building of those regimes and thought forms which separate, divide, and ultimately inhibit the free flow of life. This principle of sharing once it governs human relationships will in time come to naturally also include the world of global finance and economic relations. Of course, this road to the sharing and equitable distribution of resources on a global scale is full of many seemingly intractable problems, which cannot be ignored and must be solved before the principle of sharing can find right expression through the medium of human civilization. The path to a solution has not yet been found. It has not yet been trod. Yet, with a little imagination and a measured examination of world affairs, it is clear that this path can and someday soon will be found. The solution is tied up in the whole problem of justice, in the right fulfillment of national responsibilities, and the wise cultivation of that which each nation is destined to contribute to the whole. So today we come here to talk about money. Many philosophers have written about the nature of money and its role in human civilization. Aristotle, for example, saw money as a type of physical commodity, essentially a product, which serves three basic functions. One, it is a medium of exchange. Two, it can be a unit of account. And three, it is a store of value. Other philosophers have theorized that money is in fact um, a representation of credit relationships. That meaning that money is itself a representation of a promise from someone to grant a favor. That person being the entity issuing the money, which in most cases is the state. In this theory, there is a sort of social construction of money which takes place and it is based on uh, fundamentally certain collective beliefs and attitudes. These collective beliefs and attitudes are the foundations of the entire system.
Esoterically, we know that money is energy, qualified by the third ray and wielded by humanity. It is thus in one sense a measure of human activity, and it is qualified by the many virtues and vices of the human mind as it produces activity and concretizes this money, this energy. Money being an energy is, of course, morally neutral, and it is entirely conditioned by the intentions of the directing agent. It flows and it exists wherever humanity directs it. For humanity, unfortunately, the way of selfishness is still so often the line of least resistance. And so without a real dedication to do good and to live up to the better angels of one's nature, it is no surprise that money writ large continues to reflect the separateness of the human condition. This, of course, is so rapidly changing today. And it is evident that um, today there is a strong desire to do good with money and a gradual and determined cultivation of the will to see that money directed towards the good and along equitable lines. Today, a group consciousness is emerging within the human family. Individuals across the planet are awakening to a inner, or you could say subjective identity with a group which is united by no outward marker of identification, but only by that intention or that innate drive to bring the highest good into manifestation. This group is called the new group of world servers. The task of those within this group who work with money is to bring into greater prominence the principle of sharing so that money on a world scale is directed always with the vision of the good of the whole. And the ideas that are needed to bring this recognition of the whole about. As we move into the Aquarian age, money will be known as the means through which the building forces of the universe can carry forward their work. Instead of money being directed to the fulfillment of human desire, it will increasingly be directed towards the building of the subjective temple of the Lord, so-called, that temple which is not made with hands. The right direction of money will in time merge the second and the third rays, reflecting in a symbolic manner the relationship between hierarchy and humanity. All aspects of the material world can and will eventually be motivated and directed by the energy of a love which is beyond all sentiment, which glorifies the whole and pierces to the very heart of the nature of all things. This we also refer to as the externalization. And we are told that the right direction of money is one of the prerequisites to the emergence of this great August body once again into physical manifestation. The changing of human values though, which heralds this time and which is so rapidly taking place today is clearly reflected in the growing impact which private philanthropy, socially conscious investments, and international financial policies are today playing on a global scale. Though altruistic indeed, it is important to keep in mind that the right direction of money for spiritual purpose goes beyond philanthropy. 
the Tibetan rites that money is the creative energy which will set in motion the entire group of world servers. It is therefore the foundation of a global culture of goodwill and key to the right removal of all obstructions to world unity. But in order for this to happen, money must be directed towards those groups and initiatives that work in the world of ideas rather than with solely material objectives, no matter how noble and necessary those objectives are. Humanitarian work is of course very necessary in our world today, and it is also often very well funded. There is a great need, however, to raise money for forward-looking ideas, which truly sound a note of pure reason and inclusivity beyond any insinuation of political prejudice. It takes real courage, as many of us know, to raise money for such work. One must put aside all self-consciousness, all diffidence, and the fear of ridicule ridicule, maintaining a faith and a clear vision of these ideals, what must be brought about, and all of this despite necessarily wading through the valleys of doubt, of glamour, despair, and disbelief. It may help to keep in mind that perseverance in the work of bringing about and directing this money for spiritual purposes does uphold one of the key and primary objectives of the new group of world servers. That being, quote, to hold the vision of the plan before the eyes of men, for where there is no vision, the people perish, end quote. So I'd like to change gears just a little bit and speak briefly um, before we move on to our meditation about um, some more contemporary and new initiatives in finance, which are emerging today. Many of these may be a great aid in bringing about the redirection of money for spiritual purpose. And among these um, are, uh, I'm thinking digital and cryptocurrencies, there's blockchain technology, a whole emerging field of decentralized finance, as well as the proliferation of small investors. All of these phenomena are causing people to rethink the way that our financial and economic systems can and should work. For those who are not familiar at all with these newer initiatives, I will just explain them very briefly. Perhaps um, if there's interest, we can speak more about them after our meditation. Decentralized finance is an alternative financial system which uses a public blockchain ledger to secure and settle all transactions. One of its aims is to eliminate traditional financial intermediaries and to facilitate peer-to-peer -peer lending, borrowing, and other financial transactions. Cryptocurrency is a medium of exchange. It is stored and created within this blockchain technology. Cryptocurrency uses encryption to control the creation of units of the currency and to verify the existence and ownership of funds. Today, one Bitcoin, which is the most popular cryptocurrency, is valued at around 47,000 US dollars. One of the questions for those of us who seek to work with money and as members of the new group of world servers is whether fundamental systemic changes to our economic and financial systems are necessary or even helpful in bringing about an economy of sharing. Or maybe I should say an economy governed by the principle of sharing. The blockchain technology, which securely decentralizes financial tra transactions, theoretically could 
undermine the supremacy of the US dollar and other central bank controlled currencies. Underlying the hopes of many who are making use of these technologies is that the principle of freedom will prevail and that this could in time lessen or entirely subvert the supremacy of central banks, each with their own currency, who set the rules of national and international monetary policies. From the angle of right human relations, one can see how these new technologies may or could ultimately be positive developments. They may be laying the groundwork for a time when national currencies are superseded altogether. However, and I should say this supersession of national currencies, many could see as the uh, a great symbol of the barriers which exist between countries and which must one day be overcome. On the other hand, of course, there are those um, who are um, reasonably opposed to such decentralization. They argue that um, this eliminates certain checks and checks and regulations which are necessary. And also, one could argue that true right relationship is rightfully the responsibility of the central banks and of national governments. And though this would be a very slow process, redeeming these uh, organizations, these bodies, is a very slow process. However, it is the only way to a true guarantee of a culture of right relationship among nations and across nations. Um, in my opinion, and of course, everyone is free to have their own opinion, and that's something we can share after the meditation. Um, the real need now and into the future is um, less for these new systems, though they might be useful, remains to be seen. The real need is for education. Um, to me, it is unclear how these new initiatives uh, do much, if anything, to bring about the principle of sharing, and they could be used just as much for um, nefarious as for good ends. The Tibetan the Tibetan has written that money, even in its philanthropic objectives, has been mostly directed to material ends. And to me, it seems that this could be um, the same case with these new initiatives. The Tibetan also writes that the true spiritual use of money is to be found, at least at that time, the 19. Um, 40, late 1940s, the most spiritual use of money to be found at that time in the world was its application to the purposes of education. And this because it worked in the realm of ideas, in the realm of the mind. To institute the principle of sharing today, there is a real need for new ways of thinking about human relationships. Unless this is achieved, all other innovations will fail from the perspective of the spiritual objective in question, even if from the material objective they may succeed. Above all else, there is a need to redirect money into the proliferation of ideas which are free from political, ideological, doctrinal prejudice such money must be aimed at redeeming the human tendency towards selfishness and separation. Every wall and every barrier to the free circulation of energy within the human kingdom must come down. And this, of course, will only happen if the barriers within the minds of men and women everywhere are utterly and finally destroyed. Only when these barriers and there are many of them, different types, I have been broken down. Will the light and illumination truly and totally pour in and bring that right vision to which we all aspire?
So now without any further ado, let us move into our meditation. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. We come together in group fusion. Together we sound the mantram. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ who is the heart of love within the hierarchy, and towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression, mediating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. Through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet. Visualize it precipitating from Shambhala through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems.
distribution. Sound together the great invocation, visualizing the irradiation of human consciousness with light, love, and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. So we come now to the part of our meeting where um, anyone is free to raise your hand. You can share audibly um, any thoughts you might have about our theme or about our meditation work at the time of the new moon. You can raise your hand by going to the reactions button on your Zoom toolbar, which is either at the top or bottom of your screen. Click that reactions button, and then there should be a pop-up menu that appears where you can select raise hand. Once you raise your hand, I will unmute you and you can share audibly. You can also um, um, share in the chat if you'd like as well, any thoughts you might have, and everybody will be able to read that. Eduardo writes, uh, thank you, Michael, as you said, the real need is the emergence, um, is the, re the real need is for the emergence of a fresh and truly useful concept of education, one which lays the stress on the individual contribution to the whole. Absolutely. I think a lot of education initiatives do lay the, um, lay an emphasis, at least in the early years, on the responsibility of the individual, but that responsibility isn't always 
necessarily to the whole, it's on a sort of more personal type of responsibility. Um, I think there's definitely room to expand that. I think really, I guess what's needed more than anything is probably just vision, you know, that sort of vision to, to sort of see that that's what's needed. And that it's even possible, you know, that there is this responsibility that people have to the whole and um, they can assume that responsibility and to have, for the educators to have some vision of what that path to assuming that responsibility looks like. Not that none of them have, of course, but perhaps they just haven't consciously um, have that idea in their minds. Someone asks for the transcript and um, it's not perfectly proofread, but I will go ahead and share that in the chat for those that are interested in take just a moment. Uh, Matthew M. writes, let's meditate on and visualize nations and businesses budgeting for and investing money in projects that truly serve the needs of communities and environmental sustainability. It's an excellent visualization. Needs of communities. And those needs can be of all, all types. You know, for many people, there's the need for um, housing and for food and for um, transportation. Uh, but there's also needs for, you know, education, the need for um, some sort of spiritual sustenance, a need for beauty, a need for relationships, for the exchange of ideas, I think especially for education, especially for the young people. Uh, Matthew M. writes again, oh, scroll up. The biggest change needed in economics is simply for governments to tax penalize harms done to communities, the climate or environment, while tax incentivizing any good done for communities or the environment. It's an interesting idea. Can, clearly seems like that would provide some definite on the ground changes in um, the behaviors of a lot of, um, of especially businesses, you know, probably individuals as well. Santana Star writes, there are many groups with ideas on how to change the economy for the benefit of all, example, donut economics. To replace what we have now, just 1% of billionaires owning every aspect of human life, from food to pharmacy to politics. As you said, education is really important. The idea of competition has to be replaced with cooperation and teach children how to love and think in terms of the whole then we will perhaps have an economy based on right sharing so that the basic needs um, on sharing so that the basic needs of every man, woman, and child will be met. 
When Stuart writes, what is also needed is the respect for the inherent dignity and value of the individual and their rights to share in the resources of the planet. The concept of value of the rights of the individual and the equitable sharing of resources of the planet. Those basic values as the essence of whatever form of money that eventually replaces what we have now. Yes, yeah, so you can imagine that the, uh, you know, if money is simply concretized energy and something which is becoming in a way less and less concretized, more and more abstract, um, perhaps those values of humanity will more and more condition, condition and direct it more swiftly and more directly. Sort of a means of exaggerating human intention perhaps and so those right values of course of the individual and their rights and also of that because you can't have right relationship within a group without an individual without recognition of that individual so that's the right relationship which actually creates the group itself and so that is the foundation of of the group of course um michelle pineda writes, I understand that in the instance of the United States that a central bank is not needed, that the government is allowed to print its own money and to meet the needs of its citizens, that would do away with interest and a national debt. It's an interesting thought. Um, I mean, central banks, I think, are independent of the national legislatures and the executive branch in the US, I guess, to maintain some sort of political um, independence. Um, but then again, of course, there's always the problem of when power is centralized anywhere that those who are centralizing that power may not use it for the interest, best interests of the whole. And so there's, of course, checks and balances, but um, it does only go so far. And, of course, interest in national debt, at least in the US, is also becoming a, at least national debt is becoming a, becoming increasingly an issue. And it's much more of an issue, of course, for many small countries as well. Um, sort of, an, in some ways, a very intractable problem. Uh, and there's a whole literature on um, ways in which, you know, international monetary policy and finance. Uh, organizations such as the IMF work to, you know, build up, um, especially small countries who have fallen into debt, ways to work with them to make sure that their, you know, their currencies, uh, you know, once again, appreciate in value, that they're able to work off those, whatever loans or debt they have in a way that's sustainable. And one idea which I came across in preparing the presentation was the idea that each na nation has something which they must cultivate, which is their contribution to the whole. And I think that's really the key, you know, when they, when each, if, um, you know, we can work on an international financial level to cultivate that, then that sort of becomes the gem around which that value, you know, the, the value of, of course, there's an inherent value in all nations and all peoples, but then there's some sort of um, material or even I, uh, some sort of material, tangible value that they can produce in that way, sort of um, rehabilitate what may be a you know, failing economy. Angela S. writes, I appreciate your mentioning decentralization and blockchain technology to protect the privacy and freedoms of the individual. There's far too many violations of both in our current rapidly deteriorating systems. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's a big issue, I think. And of course, um, yeah, whether it's, yeah, many people do believe it's rapidly deteriorating the systems today. Clint Galvin writes, cryptocurrencies sound like a good idea, but can't they be used as selfishly as our current currencies? One worldwide currency would eliminate the power of the dollar and be more favorable to other nations to step in the right direction. Yes, of course, it's a very contentious issue, both of those points. Um, Santana Star says, thank you, Michael, for your thoughts and meditation. Um, Michelle Pineda, the forgiving of debt is a great expression of the divine circulatory flow. Absolutely, 
very, very interesting thought. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, there is a hand raised. I'm so sorry, I didn't see that earlier. Um, Kathy, go ahead, you can unmute yourself now. Hey, Michael, thank you for sharing your thoughts on what the Tibetan says is the crux of the problem of, of all problems. So it's a, certainly a challenge for us to solve it, but certainly those who work within the heart center of the new group of world servers can work with their prayers and meditations to help particularly each Sunday to use the money meditation to circulate the um, concretized energy of money, which is light and see, visualize it pouring throughout the world freely. Um, in terms of decentralization, I think that's one of the key ideas that all of us can contribute towards. And I've been, you know, listening to a number of podcasters and people who are concerned with the increasing centralization through the banking industry, as some have mentioned, and money is increasingly being found in the hands of the few. And so there's a couple of practical things that people have suggested that we can do. And one is to use more cash. Uh, there is one movement called Cash Friday, um, where if we just keep more cash in circula circulation, it can help to stave off the um, power of the central banks to digitalize currency, which if that is affected, it can lead to increasing controls over individuals. And so we can, we can all do that. We can try and use a little more cash in our daily lives. But another perhaps more important thing that we can do is to move our money. There was a few years ago, a movement, which I did take heed of, move your money from the big banks to smaller community banks or credit unions. So all of us can do those things. It takes a little effort, but it's something we can do to contribute towards uh, keeping the money in greater circulation. Thanks. Thank you, Kathy. Um, yeah, thank you so much all, especially for bringing up the, the point about the meditation we use, um, which redirects money for um, spiritual purposes. And I'm going to put a link to that meditation actually in the chat right now for those who are interested. There's two redemptive meditations there. Um, and the first one is on the meditation upon preparation for the reappearance of the Christ. But if you scroll down, the one on money is at the bottom of this page. Um, so it looks like there's a few more really great um, um, comments here, but unfortunately we have run out of time. And so I'm going to have to um, close the meeting now. Thank you all so much for your work, for your thoughts and for your comments. Um, and of course, especially for your work in meditation, the more people we have involved in this group work, um, the more powerful it becomes. And so the value of each of you contributing does um, add to the group. Just to note our upcoming meetings, the Capricorn full moon meeting will occur in about two weeks time on Saturday. I think that's supposed to be Monday, Jan Monday January 17th. Uh, yes, that is actually, um, should say Monday, January 17th at 6.30 p.m. And the Aquarius new moon uh, in about one month's time will be on Tuesday, February 1st. And that's at 6 p.m. Also, um, those of you who attend this webinar each week um, may not know about our full moon um, email list each time we have a full or new moon, an email reminder is sent out along with um, information on the upcoming meeting. And so if you'd like to subscribe to this list and you haven't already, you can go to www.lucistrust.org backslash sign up and uh, register for that or any of our mailing lists there. 
So let us close now with a, a brief moment of silence to link up with the worldwide group and to we'll, we'll, we will finish with a single sounding of the sacred word, the Om. Oh.